your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 286 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Well, this is the second week now of our Monday to Friday schedule with Locked On Senators, and we already feel behind because we haven't covered the 6-3 victory over the Montreal Canadiens, so we'll get Pillsy's highlights from that game. Then we'll turn our attention to the rescheduled game. So a single matchup now, Ottawa in Winnipeg tonight. We've got line-up updates. We've got some predictions, our Locked On player, of course, and a fun poll question. If you could take any Senator... From their prime, when they're in Ottawa, so Peter Bondra's not going to be talked about for this one, who would it be that would help this current Ottawa Senators team the most? We put out a couple polls on Twitter, at Send Central, and the final is going on right now. So you can go check that out. We're going to give our takes on that. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Monday, April 5th, the packed show. Good thing I had my chocolate built bar before we got started. Pillsy, Brady Kachuk, is he the alpha of the North Division? He's definitely one of them, if not the alpha. And anytime as a 21-year-old, you take on the mountain man, Shea Weber, uh, throwing fists around, that is an incredible feat, especially when you come out on top on that fight. And hey, what does he do? He fights captains and... He also scores power play goals in the first minute. Not too shabby either. The power play had been struggling. So let's turn our attention to that. I'm going to get back to the fight. Don't you worry. The second captain in the North now that Brady's taken down over the past season and a half. Pillsy, that's how you score power play goals. Enough of this drop pass in the entry and taking it in, passing it a couple, two extra times. Brady Kachuk gets it and brings it right to the goal mouth and slides it home. That's how it's done. Is this the type of goal that opens the floodgates for the power play? Are you expecting it to click again tonight? Well, we sure hope so. And uh, I think once they've got some momentum going, and now that DJ Smith has finally moved Dadnoff off the top power play unit and switched things up a little, I think we could see some more success. Now, I want to get into this goal because Brady Kachuk, loses the face-off as the Sens are obligated to do with their power play. You got to lose that first face-off like they always seem to do, but he doesn't give up on it. He's the main reason they get that puck back. And if you start looking back, look at that top power play unit where Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson have been mainstays and Batherson and Kachuk have done this play multiple times. And there's two options here. Batherson will pass it hard and either Brady will get a tip on it to try to get a rebound off a low pad save and then create havoc, or he'll stop it, accept the pass and try to kind of spin and jam it past the pad. Like he did there with price. And this time it worked. That's why you heard those two loud yells. The first one's from Drake and the second one's from Brady, because I'm sure Ross, they've practiced that 
hundreds of times and they got it to work against who's supposed to be one of the world's greatest goaltenders. So that's got to feel good for a couple of young guys. Yeah, Pilsy and Drake's selflessness was rewarded with the empty netter to seal the victory. Brady's power play goal opened the scoring. Nothing you can do on Toffoli's, by the way. That was just a heck of a release to tie the game at one. But then Connor Brown continuing the parade of special team goals with a shorty just past the midway mark of that first period. What was your initial reaction seeing finally one of his many chances convert? Well, this is the thing with Connor Brown. Like, if you just get him in a situation where he doesn't have an opportunity to think, I know this sounds bad, but like every time he's had time and space to make decisions on shorthanded on an offensive opportunity, he screws it up. But every time it's instant bang, bang plays. Like I think I would say the last, what, three Connor Brown goals have been bang, bang plays that he doesn't take a single second to think, just puck on net and good things happen. So that's what I want to see Connor Brown continue to keep doing here. How about the Sens PK in general in that first period too? They were shorthanded three separate times, all penalties by defensemen. First Coburn, then Zub, then Zaitsev, all for stick infractions. So awesome those are all penalty this. killing defensemen too. Exactly. So good to see. Um, well, that's kind of Montreal typical, right? Ottawa got the four minute power play at the start. Game management, as the refs uh, are calling it now, openly saying the quiet part out loud. But we already touched on it. The Brady Kachuk fight towards the end of that first period. Ottawa had a two one lead. We're not going to say the fight changed the momentum of the game and they came out firing, but. It was just awesome to see. And people saying that Brady was dodging punches. What do you expect him to do? Like, does he have to take? Not only a, have Are they to, chirping him? Is that a chirp? Yeah, not only are they saying he has to fight Shea Weber, but to prove how tough he is, I guess he's supposed to let him punch him in the face first, which is kind of ironic because that's what Brady did when uh, he grabbed Blake Wheeler last year, the captain of the Jets, but waited until Wheeler had his gloves off, right? Because Brady was ready to go first, but... The gentleman allowed Blake to get ready and it ultimately took a couple to the face. So now he's fighting a second captain and a mountain man. I've heard the nickname for Shea Weber before. He's a beast. He's getting older. He's 35 now and Brady at 21, the up and comer in here. I think that just sends a message to the whole team though. Not only was there a battle out front of the net and Shea Weber was giving him a couple cross checks and Obviously, that's going to fire up Brady, let alone any player. But after the effort that Ottawa had in, in their first game back from a week, I will say, to tee it up, but there was no effort. Not effort, but, you know, how would I say it? Adrenaline in the game on no Thursday No desperation. Night. Exactly. So Brady brought that with the fight. And in the second period, so that's one way to get adrenaline. How about another way when your coach demotes you? in the lineup. And we saw that in droves from Evgeny Dadanov in last or on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly, I want to talk about the fight though. You said that uh, fight really uh, kind of ramped up the sense. I think it was more a message to the Habs. Like last game you saw us, that's not the same senators. Like right. I'm Brady Kachuk, a 21 year old. And I just took down your captain, your, your defenseman, the, like the, the leader of your team. Who wants some? Who wants some of this? Anyone else? No, didn't think so. And that's the message he's sending. And I think he did a great job of that. Now, on to Evgeny Dadanov. We talked about it in the locker room. A lot of people are upset with his play. And look, I, I'm, a, I'm an Evgeny Dadanov guy, so I'm going to try to support him here. But there's no excuses for his lack of scoring on the power play. Like, that is just... That is just awful. He has the opportunities. So DJ Smith finally takes him off the first power play unit and demotes him to the fourth line. And 
sure it's a demotion, but he's also getting to play with a guy who in Artem Anisimov, who often we goof on too, but that was a great game by Anisimov. These are two guys who have good chemistry together. So who cares where they're playing? If they're going to put up points and Alex Formanton played great with the, those two older, slower guys, he was kind of a, a nice little bit of spice on that line and he got rewarded with the goal as well. So I, I'd have no problem seeing Evgeny Dadnov on that fourth line. I'm using quotations with uh, Artem Anisimov and Alex Formanton, especially with Colin White out. And they actually had more minutes, more time on ice than the, the quote unquote third line of uh, Bishop Dezingle and Brown. So I think putting the uh, Dadanov down on that line allows DJ Smith to roll four lines much more effectively. And you saw that nice, even time on ice from, from the Sens in that game. And I think we were going to see that again tonight. And for all the praise that Dadanov is getting and rightfully so two goals on the night, that was Artem Anisimov's first game since March 10th, almost a full month off. He had the injury. Then he was on waivers, healthy scratch, three assists night and plus three to boot four shots on goal. And I didn't like a play he made in the first period. Uh, I think it might've resulted in uh, a turnover that went for a rush the other way, but I just remember looking and I think it was, yeah, the goalie made a nice save Forsberg. It was a giveaway in his own zone, but then he came out and, and you got to give credit where it's due. So Artem Anisimov, another one of our Send central standouts along with Dadanov in last night's game. We'll get to a couple more of those, but I want to pick up where you left off talking about the deployment. So much talk made about Thomas Shabbat, his 30 minutes a game over the last 10. We didn't see that from DJ Smith last night. It had to have been a concerted effort because there was no discrepancy. Ryan Dezingle among Sens players, the least 10, 13, nobody at the forward position played over 1741. And that was Connor Brown on defense, Shabbat leading the way, but under 24 minutes, Artem Zub, the sixth defenseman at 15. There were games earlier in the season when it was Willannon and Josh Brown where both their bottom pair guys were under 13 minutes. You can't win like that. You're going to burn out your top end guys. So how important should this template be for DJ Smith going forward to continue some sustained success? I think it's a good template to look at, but I also think it's not realistic to expect this to play out every time. Like the game management that a coach goes through is you're feeling out guys who are hot, cold, and you're not going to be able to even things out as nicely as this worked out. So I think it's something to aim for, but not to be expected. I'm more leaning towards the defensive side when I say this too. Like I would be happy to change up the ice time up front to give guys like Brady Kachuk more than the 14 minutes he played, which is way under his season average. Well, also five minutes in the box too, right? You got to yeah, remember that. Fair, fair. But even, yeah, Josh Norris at 16, that's probably a similar spot where he's going to find himself. I just love it on the back end because you can't get your top pair into the mud like that, especially, I know they got the empty netter and it was a two goal spread at that point, but in a tight game, that's when you have to rely on your top end guys to stay out there. So in the first and second period, when it's not necessary, you have to be rolling four lines to allow that leeway towards the more high intensity moments of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And just quickly on the forwards, like sure, Brady Kachuk had less time. The penalty was a part of that, but that's part of the game management. Uh, DJ Smith notices that Evgeny Dadanov and Artem Anisimov, who are supposed to be his fourth line guys, are rolling. So get those guys out there if they're hot. And it worked out for him. So that's good. Now, 
the Shabbat ice time thing is so interesting. And I feel like we got to start paying royalties to Ian Mendez. The amount of times I reference his articles because they're just, just so just good. Say friend of the show. Thanks. Tip, yeah. Hat tip. Exactly. Big hat tip to Ian Mendez of the athletic go subscribe. If you haven't already great stuff from Ian and he's talking about the Sens record in Shabbat's ice time when he's played 28 plus minutes, the Sens record is six, one and three. That's very surprising. And then when he plays less than 25 minutes, as he did last night, and we think that's great, the Sens record is three, nine, and one. So they really rely on him playing a lot, but I think there needs to be some sort of balance. And then you look at the balance, which is 25 to 28 minutes a night, and they're three and nine. Now, a lot of these games are probably early in the season, so you have to take that with a bit of grain of salt, but you can't blame DJ Smith for putting Shabbat out there so often when that's the results he's looking at, right? I know a defenseman that could help ease the burden offensively of Thomas Shabbat, but he's not playing anywhere. We're going to talk about Eric Brandstrom coming up next. We also have Igor Sokolov, not once, not twice, but a hat trick for Igor in a 7-2 win. So all that and the poll question at Sense Central coming up, but I need to power up. It's time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Comes in 16 amazing flavors as well. The mix box on BuiltBar.com is my personal favorite because I never want the same energy bar over and over. Sometimes I like the chocolate almond. I'll get the one of the nut flavors out of my mix box at Built Bar. But sometimes, you know, they've got some dessert flavors at Built Bar. You want to go to BuiltBar.com, see all of the bears that are available to you. There's also Built Go. If you want more of a protein powder, throw it in an energy drink and on with your day. But Built Bars are what I love the most. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl as well. I know we're about to get into summer. Everyone wants to look good. That's why Built Bars are great. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but they bring you all the nutrients you need. They're high in protein while being high in fiber as well so many to choose from it's time to narrow it down here's pilsy's pick of the week well i've done a lot of chocolate flavors lately like uh, more sweet chocolatey pastry flavors and that was because the championship bracket was happening and those were the best flavors so now we're going to go back to some of those flavors that may have unfairly been booted out in the bracket i'm going to start with a fruit one how about cherry bar sia Guys, with real cherries in every bite, your taste buds are going to thank you. I promise you from start to finish, you're going to forget you're eating a protein bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So Pilsy's pick of the day, only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. Go try it today. Cherry Barcia. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Pilsy, still plenty to cover when it comes to tonight's game in Winnipeg for your Ottawa Senators, but I'm going to throw a couple topics and you tell me where you want to go first here. Do you want to talk about some signings, some prospects, or some Belleville Senators? Oh, it's got to be the last one, Ross. Anytime Igor Sokolov gets a hat trick, his first pro hat trick, like all this guy does is score goals. We got to get into this game. He's up to seven on the season, 10 points in 16 games for the 2020 second round pick. And we knew he was going to step into pro hockey. He was drafted as a two-time overager at 20 years old, but he's come in and 
I think from game one, he looked pretty comfortable. He scored in his second game, and it's been just a steady climb from there. Not only that, but stick taps to the entire B-Sense squad. After losing a couple of games going in embarrassing fashion against the Stockton Heat, yeah, it was a real bad loss. It was, a, I think, a 7-1 loss to the yeah. Stockton Heat, and then they bounced back with this one, 7-2 up against the Marlies. That's what you love to see. And, yeah, Igor Sokolov, seven shots on goal, three goals. Jonathan Aspro, a guy we had talked about earlier, too, he had a nice game, a goal and two assists. and Huge hit. Oh, yeah, big hit on uh, Nick Robertson, right? Yep, coming out of his own zone, head up. Yeah, you got to look out when Nasbro's on the ice, that's for sure. And let's not forget the play of Marcus Hogberg, guy who's down there on conditioning stint, 27 of 29 saves. That's looking good. I bet his confidence is peaking now, and he's looking at an opportunity where he's going up against guys who he didn't think were going to be in the NHL with him in Gustafson and Anton Forsberg. And if you're Marcus Hogberg, this is an opportunity for you to really seize some spotlight here, especially with Joey Decord on the shelf as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Marcus Hogberg in NHL action pretty soon here. He has looked great in his two game conditioning stint, and it shouldn't be long before we see him in Ottawa. Since he went to the AHL, he's made 57 saves on 60 shots. Is that good? Yeah, not bad at all. Looking forward to seeing Hoggy back in the National League. And I'm sure he's hoping to improve on what he had under his resume before the injury. So that's something to look forward to when it comes to Belleville. Next up is a trip to Manitoba to play the Moose. So funny enough, both the parent and baby team are going to be in Winnipeg this week. However, one who may not play for either is Eric Brandstrom. What's the latest on this situation? Seems like one where the GM wants the kid to play, but the coach is reluctant. And even after Eric Branson didn't make the trip to Winnipeg, we're wishing him and his family well. He's expecting um, a baby, a newborn in the next couple of days. So really congratulations to them. But even with him out of the lineup, we're still not seeing Eric Branson. What's going on? Well, that's concerning, yeah, because especially with Eric Branson gone, not that he was he was playing a major role lately anyways, but still, that's one less guy, and they're still not playing Branson. I think you, you hit it on... Uh, you hit it perfectly on the head there, Ross. I think it's a situation where Pierre Dorian's saying, hey, th this is, guy is a product of the proudest day of my life. Get him out on the ice, DJ. And DJ's saying, hey, he's looking a lot like Christian Milan and a guy who we just shipped out of here. So I think there's definitely a disconnect there with what's going on with Branstrom, but unless there's some sort of lingering injury that we're not aware of, this has to stop. Like he has to play somewhere. If DJ Smith isn't comfortable putting him in the lineup, fine. He's the head coach. That's his decision. That's his right to make that call. So get him down in Belleville. And this is the perfect time. He's going to be going to Winnipeg, like you said, regardless of what uh, uniform he's wearing. And they play four straight games against the Manitoba Moose. So just leave Branstrom there and let him play in Belleville because Every day that he's not on the ice as a young defenseman is a waste in my eyes because this is a guy that you're expecting to be a big part of your team in the future. Get him on the ice as much as you can, especially when he would be a top, he would be the top guy in Belleville. So they need to figure something out here. And I'm anticipating he will play for Belleville up against the Manitoba Moose here. That starts on Wednesday. Ottawa plays in Winnipeg tonight on Monday as we're recording and Branson will not be in the lineup but Braden Coburn will one game closer to a thousand although I did the math Pilsy can't hit it this season even 
if he plays every game remaining. So we'll go with the alternate theory that they're attempting to showcase him. Wait, what if he goes to Montreal who has games in hand? Did you think about that? Can he wow. make it? He actually might, because I believe with Ottawa's schedule, he was too short. Yeah, then he then he could do it. So send him to Montreal, get uh, your buddy Kasperi Cock in the Emmy to pay part of his thousand game fee. <laughs> oh my God, don't get me started. If you're a Habs fan or have a friend who's a Habs fan, can you please tell them to stop being a little much on, on Twitter? But I guess they kind of asked for it. But come on, Brady Kachuk, Cock in the Emmy. It's a little friendly Saturday banter, but I'm still hearing about it now on Monday morning. However... All that aside, there was some more exciting news in the organization. By the way, Ridley Gregg, an assist on the game-winning goal, extends his point streak. Ho-hum. We'll get more into that tomorrow. Max Gwinnett, however, with the Val d'Orfourer, who we mentioned a diamond in the rough. He signs his entry-level contract starting next season. Now, the queue is completely up in the air. The Maritime teams, they're still playing, so it's not like the OHL where it just hasn't started. Gwinnett's played 30-something-odd games, but not for the last month. And we don't know when it's coming back. The entry level starts next year. But Pilsy, is it safe to assume that he'll report to Belleville if and when there's a conclusion to the Q season? I'm going to be honest, Ross, nothing is safe to assume these days. So I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and make an assumption, but I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. Um, this is a guy, he's a right shot offensive defenseman who's been lighting it up in the queue. Like he's easily one of the best offensive defensemen in that league. He had 22 points in 36 games, a plus 19 when his previous plus minus, I know it's not a stat that you can put too much weight on, but when it's this consistent, it was minus 35 minus 33, minus 11, and now he's a plus 19. That is massive, massive changes. So I I would love to see him playing in Belleville, but what the heck is going on with the Quebec League? I have no clue. So whether they're going to play more games, they're going to they're going to go by points percentage and then do playoffs, I honestly have no clue what's going on there. So all I know is I want to see this guy in a Belleville Center's uniform as soon as possible because he could be a real boost. Like, imagine him playing with Brandstrom on a top power play unit. That could be deadly down there. Yeah, it'd be nice. Or even just playing behind Lassie Thompson, right? He's a seventh-round pick, so expectations aren't going to be sky high. 22 points in 36 games is good for 16th among Quebec League defensemen, and there's quite a few uh, on this list above him who have played five, six, seven less games. So, we're not going to say he's going to come into pro hockey and dominate, but when Belleville's playing guys like Olivier LeBlanc, who are just there on amateur tryouts out of, out of Canadian university hockey, you'd rather a guy who's in your system and could be a part of your future to be getting those reps and minutes. So nice to see Max Gwinnett sign. That's great stuff. Before we get to our poll question and our locked on players, lookout player and a key to a Senator's victory in tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets. I should let you know I'm betting on tonight's game for the Ottawa Senators. I'm on the bandwagon coming off an emotional victory on Saturday night. The Jets hasn't been so great. They just lost a series to the Leafs, lost both games, one in a shootout. It's time for Ottawa to go on a bit of a run here. The power plays now clicked in back-to-back games, and I'm convinced it's going to click again tonight. And that's why I'm on the Ottawa Senators Puck line. They're going to win by two or more tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. And they haven't beaten the Jets since January. And I believe they only have the one win against them. Tonight's the night. So go to betonline.ag. If you're as crazy as me, I'll probably have a Bathurst and three-point bet. Why not? Get wild. And the one place that we trust to do that is 
betonline.ag. Responsible, of course, but here's the beauty of BetOnline. Because you're a listener to the Locked On Senators podcast, you, yes, you, are entitled to a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to betonline.ag, put in the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit, and it'll just magically appear in your account. That is all free play money. Therefore, you can put that to work for you. And when you win your wagers, you earn real money. So go to locked on promo code betonline.ag. And why not mix in a parlay? Let's hear Pilsy's parlay of the day. Yeah, Ross, I think it's hilarious. Uh, I'm I'm going the other way. I'm going reverse puck line with the Sens. And not because I think they're going to lose. That's that's not it. I just think a reverse puck line at plus one and a half for the Sens at minus 140, I think is good odds up against the Jets. So put that into a parlay and you get a little bit of a boost. So I'm going with the reverse puck line here for the Ottawa Senators. And then Vegas Golden Knights, they've been on a bit of a slump lately, but not as big of a slump as the St. Louis Blues. That team, I think, is having a little bit of an identity crisis right now. So I think Vegas is going to hop out of their slump and continue the St. Louis Blues slump. So I'm taking their money line at minus 133. I like those odds too. And we're just going to keep it at that. Not going to get too greedy. Let's start this week off with some green numbers. So Ottawa Senators reverse puck line. And Vegas Golden Knights money line. Put ten bucks in, you're going to win twenty dollars and three cents. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Senators podcast wherever. You download yours. We always appreciate reading the reviews. They go a long way also uh, with the network. So we appreciate that. If you don't mind taking a minute, writing a review there. Follow us on social media as well. LockedOn.Senators and Send Central on Twitter. If you have any questions, shoot them to us there. Pilsy, one of those questions we asked out on Twitter was a fun poll. It started with just an open conversation. If you could add one former senator to the current team in their Sens prime, who would you pick? We got over 60 replies and a lot of original replies and no Tom Pyatt. We didn't take that one seriously, but we went through and found the most popular ones, put that to a semifinal poll, one of them being which forward, one of them being which defenseman or goalie, and we came to our final. First, the most popular answers up front was Daniel Alfredson, Mark Stone, Jason Spezza, Marion Hosa. On the back ends, Dan O'Chara, Eric Carlson. Then in goal, Dominic Hasek and Craig Anderson got a few votes as well. And poor Andy, only 1% of the vote in the semifinal. But man, 2013, Craig Anderson, if, if it weren't for a piece of frozen chicken, that's a Vesna trophy season right there. If he didn't miss 10, 15 games, whatever it was, he was completely lights out a 940 save percentage insane hockey but then you look at what the dominator did in his short stay in ottawa as well was pretty incredible the final however was eric carlson who received 53 percent of the vote and daniel alfredson so the two swedes the mentor and the up-and-coming captain to be go head to head as which former senator would help the current team the most no surprise pilsy one defenseman one right wing the two I would say most gaping needs on the team, although you could argue a top center, and that's why Spezza got a lot of votes as well. But 
You can go have your say. The poll's up until tomorrow, so we'll have a recap. But we are on different sides of this. So who would you pick between Daniel Alfredson and Eric Carlson? Well, first off, I just want to say thank you all for playing, but Dominic Hasek was the correct answer. And if you did not say Hasek, you unfortunately lost this game, but thanks for coming out. Now, if we're going to move on without Hasek being the top option, I got to go with Carlson. This is a team that their biggest need is on defense. Like the defense has been absolutely atrocious. So get a guy, a Norris winning defenseman on with Thomas Shabbat. And that's one of the best pairs in the NHL, in my mind, in Carlson's Ottawa Senators prime, of course. So that's the way I'm going with that. I, like, obviously, Alfie is is a great answer as well. But I just think that forward group is is holding their own. It's doing okay. It's usually the the defense that's collapsing. And the bad goaltending at the start of the season was was a big part of that, too. So my answer is Eric Carlson in his prime. Man, how, how can you not go with Alfie, though? Imagine him playing on a line with Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris or any of the guys. You'd feel so comfortable playing Stutzla down the middle if you had Alfie on his right wing being so defensively responsible. He brings all the intangibles you need and he's the calm demeanor that would be the perfect yang pillsy to Brady's emotional ying. And don't get me wrong, Alfie got fired up. We saw that throughout his career multiple times, but he was always calm under pressure. He was always just your prototypical captain with maybe the best slap shot any forward in the organization has ever had all respect to Danny Heatley, but when Alfie wound up for the back scratcher, you knew it was going to the back of the net. Captain Clutch, how many goals did he get? Game winners. He should be in the Hall of Fame, and just what he would do to that right side to balance out the lineup. He's a guy you could play with anyone else, and it immediately becomes your number one line just because of how solid he is at both ends of the ice. So to me, yes, Carlson, you have a two-time Norris winner, and there's only two people who have done that accomplishment and aren't in the Hall of Fame. And I'll give you a hint. The other one will be Duncan Keith. So that's a great choice as well. I just think especially the way that the Sens defense is built right now, all the puck movers are on the left side. So I'm getting into a little situation, but no, it's Alfie for me. I mean, those are the two greatest Ottawa centers of all time in Eric Carlson and Daniel Alfredson. So, I mean, either answer is good and either answer would immensely help this team. Before we move on to tonight's game against the Jets, if both of those guys in their sense prime were added to the team today, where would they be in the NHL standings? Top five, probably, right? They got to be because those would fill two massive holes. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. Maybe top eight. I think still you might have a bit of a problem with goals against. Uh, I I don't think you'd be in the top of the league. That's where Hasek would come in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yet all three, they'd be number one if we yeah, still want to stay sure. in fantasy land. But in terms of real NHL action, neither of those guys is coming. Just thought it'd be a fun pool to put out there. But you know what else is fun? Surprise games. Last week at this time, the Sens weren't even playing today. They would have had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then finally played on Wednesday night. But now an extra game here before they head to Edmonton for a two-game set against The team they're 0-7 against this season. Winnipeg, it's a winnable game. How can they do that? What's your key to an Ottawa victory? 
Well, when you're up against the Winnipeg Jets, you know their depth down the middle is one of their biggest strengths. So you got to find some sort of way to shut those guys down, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, Paul Stastny. Although I think Stastny, they got on the wing these days. But still, these are these are elite guys. Their top six is one of the best in the league. You have to shut down the big guys. And I think the Sens can, like, their bottom six can outplay the Jets' bottom six but they have to just hold even with the Jets top six. I think that's how they're going to win this battle. It's going to, Hey, and you got guys like Evgeny Dadnov in your bottom six. So he could have a lot of success up against the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I like that answer. I also think that when it comes to Winnipeg, you might see Laurent Boissois tonight. I'm not yeah. confirming it, but that would be a lot safer bet. Although he still has a nine fourteen save percentage, but Connor Hellebuck is, uh, arguably the best goal in the National Hockey League, and he's been playing like that of late. So hopefully Ottawa can avoid Hellebuck in goal. Up front, it's just a matter of stopping. Their depth is one thing, but they attack you in different ways. Like their, their top line is Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers. They have so much speed and so much movement, but then their, their next unit, with they've been using Adam Lowry there with Andrew Kopp, who's really had a breakout season, 12 goals, 28 points, for Cop, for the former captain of the University of Michigan, but they're such bigger bodies, they grind you more down low. So they come at you with speed and skill, and then they come at you and forecheck hard on the next shift, but all of them have talent. So Ottawa needs to be prepared and really focus on getting the puck in the Jets. Don't chip it past their defensemen. A lot of their D are, are bigger and, and maybe not as fleet of foot. Think of guys like Derek Forbert and Logan Stanley and Tucker Pullman. Maybe you take advantage of that and try to chip it into their corner a lot more and really keep the puck 200 feet from your own zone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good uh, good point too. That decor is a little bit weaker. They have some good offensive guys in Pionk and uh, Morrissey, but I think you can win those corner, bat- corner battles. And when I first saw Nick Paul playing on that top line with Brady Kachuk, I wasn't too stoked about that. But then you start thinking, like you said, guys like Lowry and Kopp, these are big big boys that play a tough game. That's the perfect kind of matchup. Get Brady Kachuk and Nick Paul up against two guys like that. That's going to be hard checking tight shifts. So I think the, that's a great matchup for DJ Smith. And we'll see. This is this is definitely a winnable game, especially if Brassois is the attendee for sure. Does this count as a revenge game for Braden Coburn, who used to play for the Atlanta Thrashers? <laughs> I don't think so. We're not going to count that one. All right, we will count it as a revenge game for Nate Thompson and Dylan DeMello, a couple former Sens uh, in there. And when it comes to Nate Thompson, he's only six. After tonight, he'll be six games away from 800, which is a, a really cool accomplishment for Nate Thompson. So that is your revenge meter, and we're saying no guy for Braden Coburn. Pillsy, who are you locked on tonight when it comes to your Ottawa Senators. Gotta be Evgeny Dadanov. This is a guy who he just got demoted from the first power play unit and from the first line. So he kind of got a kick in the ass there and it worked. And he's playing with a guy who both of them say they have great chemistry in Artie Party. Artie Party and Daddy are clicking. And then you get Formanton, a guy that can chip and chase. He's going to do all the tough things that DJ Smith wants him to do to get Artie the puck, and then Artie's going to flip it over to Daddy to score. So I want to see if Dadanov can keep this hot streak going because he was in a Winnipeg winter of a cold streak before. So let's let's get things heated up here. Winnipeg's where he uh, scored and broke his teeth too earlier in the season. 
So maybe he's under that. Do I have to say Artem Anisimov? Yeah, you're pretty much obligated to, yeah. Man, imagine they continue that. And we haven't given stick taps as well to Alex Formanton uh, for getting another goal. This guy, it's, all he does is compliment whoever he plays with, adds so much speed. So that line, I think in general, we could say that we'd like to, to see have just as much success as they had against Montreal. I'm, I'm very locked into that. So you can take Dadanov. I'll put Formanton and Artemanisimov as my two guys tonight that I'm looking for. I'm looking out for Andrew Kopp. I mentioned it before. He's having a career year. He can play. To me, he can grow into what Adam Lowry was at his peak last year where he's dominant on the forecheck but still has a smooth set of hands and can take face-offs, although he plays a lot on the wing as well. So he's a power forward, and Ottawa's had some trouble with those guys this year. So for me, I'm looking out for Andrew Kopp and, you know, your usual suspects, guys like Ehlers and Connor, but it's uh, it's going to be Andrew Kopp for me tonight. Yeah, that's a good one. I've liked his game this season. That's for sure. I, I'm going to go with the obvious one, and that's Mark Shifley. Like, I didn't realize how good of a season he was having, Ross. In 38 games. So you're games, just, just going to wait and see what we're going to see with Pinto in two years. Yeah, that would be. If, right? If, that's his coach compared it to him. If Pinto can be two-thirds the player Shifley is, that is incredible. Because Mark Shifley is lighting it up this season. 38 games played, 15 goals, 29 assists for 40 four points he's shooting at an 18.1 clip like this guy is killing it he's got 13 power play points three game winning goals he's their number one center you gotta watch out for mark shifley and like i said the sends need to negate that top six and he is the top guy you gotta be watching out for in my eyes yeah mark shifley is gonna have a matchup likely against josh norris tonight as well we don't know the health of colin white he missed saturday's game Said he was day-to-day, but hopefully he's not out long-term because it's seemingly, I think, the third time where he's had a, an injury we thought might keep him out a while and ultimately didn't. So we're, we're going to keep our eye. Uh, DJ Smith talks to media at 4.30 tonight or this afternoon before the game. And we'll uh, update you on Twitter at Send Central. The Senators won 3-1 and one in five games against the Winnipeg Jets this season. They're hoping that evens out. A little more after tonight. So follow us on Twitter at Send Central for all the updates you need. We'll be back tomorrow for another full recap edition of the Senators. Kind of strange doing the Monday recap here uh, for a Saturday game, but when you're talking about beating the Habs, it's all good anytime. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>